Welcome back to Real Facts, Bro Facts. I'm Isaac. I'm Brandon. And uh, today, I'm gonna kind of finish up what we were talking about about depression last week. And then I got a bunch of stuff to that we're gonna talk about with the normalization of drugs and alcohol use among teens ages 14 to 21. Right. It's basically just one long piece because they both go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were running out of time last week, and there's a few things I wanted to say still. Yeah. And um, and it ties in nicely with what we're going over today. And it's kind of interesting, yeah, as I was re- researching this, a lot of this ties back to not only last episode, but just previous episodes we've covered. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I'll let you take it away with your uh, depression talk. Hey, well, to be honest, there's, I actually forgot a few of the things that I wanted to bring up. But one thing for sure is um, how, how sad it is, you know, just to see so many people, like, going... <laughs> Uh, through depression and stuff like that and one thing is like the whole attention piece that we're talking about like uh, a lot of there's quite a few people out there who do it for attention and I think that's a really sad thing it's like the boy who cried wolf but on a bigger scale and not only does it affect the individual but it also affects uh, anybody else who might uh, struggle with something like depression because when it comes to that individual they might be like oh well you've just been saying this for the longest time to get attention why should we believe you now and then when it comes to other people, it's like, so many people are doing it for attention now, why should we believe anybody who who claims they have depression? And it's <laughs> it's like that meme too, it's like, uh, psychologist, I won't um, diagnose you with depression, 14 year old, fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and, right. um, and like we said like last week, like a lot of these cases, just because they're marked as, like, not having clinical depression or, like, medical depression, uh, a lot of them still exhibited signs of, like, or, like, certain small symptoms from being depressed, but they weren't, like, fully 100% depressed. They were just kind of having some sad days. Sad hours. <laughs> yeah, sad boy hours. <laughs> if you are being sad as fuck right now, cry all over that like button. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing for sure, too, is... Um... Like, if you are going through something, like, then get help, or just don't, don't, I'm, I'm really tired of a whole bunch of people, um, over social media struggling, or at least claiming to be struggling, but then they don't seek help, like, uh, or like when you, or when you offer them help, they reject that help, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, if you know, or my thing is actually, if you know you're struggling and you're rejecting help or you're not looking for help, then don't complain about it. Because that's really annoying to me. It's like you see all these people complaining about how terrible life is and, and you know, they can't do anything. And, and it's like, well, to a degree, you actually can. And it's like if you're not seeking help and you know you need it, then that's on you and you shouldn't uh, be complaining about it because that's your own fault. Right. Like help is like one of like the easiest things that they can get. And, like, it takes, like, a lot of strength and courage to say, like, hey, I'm feeling depressed and I need help. But it's, like, it's still, like, one of, like, the most easy things that you can do for yourself and, like, best Mm -hmm. things to do. But a lot of them act like, oh, no, it's just easier and more fun to just complain about it on social media instead. And this is, like, one of the reasons I've actually cut out lots of people in my life before is because, like, they'll constantly just, like, complain about a problem and stuff. And, like, when I try to, like, offer them, like, logical help and solutions... They just kind of push it away, and it's like, oh, no, it's okay. I'd rather just, like, complain about it and, like, act like it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah, because, um, you know, a lot of times I'll try to <laughs> offer help. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, hey, I'm here for you, whatever, talk to me, what's up, or um, 
or people like actually try to get help from other places or whatever more professional which is fine but my thing is like again I'm gonna re repeat myself but it's just like but it's really to stress the point like if you're gonna if you know you're messing up or if you know that you need help and you're not seeking it and you're just not making life better then you don't have a right to complain mm -hmm. uh, and that goes for anybody with any problem they're struggling with but I see that a lot with you know sad people right yeah. Uh, and that actually kind of neatly ties into this next topic, which is drugs and alcohol. Uh, because, like, the page that I'm going to be using today, it's from therecoveryvillage.com. And it's basically, like, a recovery help center for teens that find themselves under, like, substance abuse um, with drugs or alcohol. And it's about, like, it's a page that will list, like, the statistics of kids that do use, um like drugs and alcohol and stuff and like how many of them get like a like what kind of crimes this like brings up and like how many of them are incarcerated for stuff like this but it's also like how they can help and like there's like resources and stuff to help people like this one thing we kind of lightly covered last week too was a uh, like antidepressants and stuff and it's like they're definitely a scam like it's like a fact too that they are uh because I didn't really pay much attention. It's a real fact. <laughs> yeah, bro fact. <laughs> but, like, uh, I didn't really pay much attention uh, in, like, psychology class when I took it and stuff. But, like, even then they go over how, like, um, you know, antidepressants, like, aren't, like, they won't help you. They'll just, uh, and even on, like, commercials, like, antidepressant ads and stuff, they just tell you that they suppress, they try to suppress emotion and reduce symptoms. But if you're reducing symptoms, you're not exactly helping the cause. And I've had personal experience with uh, many people, actually, who have taken or currently take antidepressants, and they talk about how terrible it is or was to take it. Like, mm -hmm. it would just make you emotionless, so you have to fake even happy emotions and stuff. And um, Right, because it's not like an antidepressant, only it's, it's like an anti-emotion pill. Right. And then um, people who are currently on it, you know, hate it and... Uh, yeah, because, you know, you're just less human. You're just you're just there m more of. And uh, it's honestly worse than not even being on meds because, you know, if you are depressed, you still feel and, like, things do make you happy because you really enjoy those happy moments when they come because you're like, oh, man, I've been sad and depressed this whole time and now something fun's happening, you know? But then when you're um, uh, taking antidepressants or something then you're just not feeling anything, you're just kind of, like, spacing out and like oh yeah you're like oh yeah i should probably be happy because everyone else is or you're just trying to get by even more right and then yeah and that's like one of the big reasons that people use drugs because you know obviously like pills and meds and stuff that's still a drug even if it's like a legal street drug you know um uh is like to kind of get back to like that feeling of like normal or happiness because like what happens kind of like here on like the visual scale for like people watching is like you start here so like here's like the normal line and like here's like sick or sad and like up here is like high and like happy and stuff mm -hmm. so it's like the first time you take the drug you go from normal and you come all the way up here and you're super high really good feel good you come back down you kind of hit normal go slightly below normal because you feel like a little bad after coming off of it come back up to normal for a bit and you think okay that was fun that one time and then like a little bit down the road try it again and you go up and you go up and you get really high again but you never get as high as you did that first time and eventually 
that spike just starts to constantly hit the bottom where like the sick is and instead you're just using the drug to get back to normal at that point mm-hmm. and that's like one of the biggest things that people use meds for is like they think they need it to feel normal and like instead like in my opinion at least it's one it's one of those things where like they might feel normal taking it but if they just kind of like stop taking it or you know kind of like taper off from taking it they'll eventually just get back to normal themselves because like that's what like your body is supposed to do is like help you like feel normal on its own like that's why you have a fucking body (laughs) if that makes sense yeah and there's many other reasons that people turn to drugs so uh reading off my list here just um this article starts with like why do teenagers use drugs um well let me let me back up for a minute let me introduce this topic actually well i was actually gonna segue into it okay go ahead yeah like and then i was gonna like if you think you can do it better You know, like, one thing, though, like, uh, I kind of mentioned earlier was, like, you know, life being terrible. Like, we get it. We all have struggles. Some are worse than others. But um, uh, it's also something we kind of mentioned when we did our Captain Marvel breakthrough um, is we're talking about, like, you know, actually do something about life. Like, like people get discouraged. Like, we're t- uh, it was more about the voting. Uh, like, it was in the same episode, but it was on the voting piece. Mm. We were talking about, like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't vote anyway because I'll never be heard or I shouldn't say anything because, well, it's like, you got to put yourself out there, like, with us with this or, um, you know, starting a band or just whatever you do. If you're not putting yourself out there, then you won't ever get noticed. And um, uh, it's kind of like with life, you know. If um, uh, Actually, we did a project on this in school. Uh, I was talking about, like, people of New York and this dude was like a photojournalist uh, and he's talking about like how good like life actually is and stuff and he'd go around these neighborhoods that were labeled like terrible neighborhoods but his experiences were actually really cool he saw a whole bunch of happy people and fun things going on but then in the news that same night it'd say there was a murder that occurred in that city and like news only focuses on bad and I, I mean so do we as humans just in general and, and uh, but if you think about it, there's actually a lot of positives to focus on too and if you focus on positives more then you will start to be a little more happy and it's kind of like the whole the grass isn't greener on the other side it's greener where you water it you know it's kind of like they both kind of work out because there are sometimes you do have to make it through to get to the better side of life but then at the same time once you make you know uh, life good for yourself then like it will be good Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was gonna talk about drugs here real quick. Like, right, it's it's like you don't need drugs to be happy. Basically. Yeah, but then you see all these um, people, especially teens, uh, turn to drugs and alcohol abuse for um, happiness. You know, air quotes implied. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, so uh, substance abuse is linked to depression quite a bit. And then that's where like. That's what it talks about on the website, right? That you have up. Pretty much, yeah. And it talks about, like, uh, like yeah, what happens, like, when you take drugs and stuff. It doesn't necessarily talk about, like, what happens, but it talks about, like, how it's, like, not good for your body and stuff. So, let's start with, like, you know, so, like, drugs, obviously, you know them. They're in your area. They're in your school, blah, blah, blah. Especially, like, for us, we live in Colorado, Colorado Springs, which is, like, right next to Manitou, one of, like, the biggest kind of weed cities after it got legalized and everything and um it's just it's kind of everywhere and like 
that I think that's part of the whole like normalization of it is that people are just like, oh yeah, it's everywhere. Like who cares? You know, like so what? Um, we see that all the time, and like that's kind of like the problem, especially because not only is it everywhere, but that's why it's like so easy for people who are underage and like our age and stuff to like get get it easier um, is because people are like it's everywhere. Who cares? Um, and so there's a lot of reasons that teens use drugs. So like here on the website, it's asked like it asks the question, why do teenagers use drugs? Because you know this is a thing that people often think, especially if they don't use drugs, it's like why would you or like why do you? And honestly, there's so many different reasons. So some of like the biggest reasons, believe it or not, is like peer pressure. Like I know all those like dare classes and stuff. You know, it's like peer pressure and you're gonna get asked to do a lot of drugs in high school and like you're probably not gonna get asked and like forced as much as you as much as like these videos will make it out to be but it's more like kind of like an internal peer pressure if that makes sense where it's like these kids see like all their friends doing it and everyone else is doing it and they sit there and think like oh well if all if they're all doing it and they're all cool and popular maybe if I do it too I'll be cool and popular just like them so it's like, it's kind of like this unspoken peer pressure where it's like, if I do drugs, I'll be cool like my friends. And so that's how a lot of them turn to drugs and alcohol is because they want to just look cool. Um, some kids use drugs to like self-medicate from painful feelings. So again, kind of going back to like the whole like depression and like fake depression thing where it's like, oh, I'm depressed, but when I drink the alcohol, I feel so much better and like everything's okay. But then it's like, you know, the next morning you wake up with like a killer hangover and you just end up feeling worse the next day than you did the night before. And it's just, it's kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> um, and some teens even like turn to like study aid drugs such as like Adderall and Ritalin because they believe that these substances will like boost their grades and boost their work and stuff. Because if you don't know what that is, it's like pills that you take that basically make you like hyper focus and like get everything done constantly basically and it's yeah it's, it's like a work pill exactly like how it's described here is a study aid drug and um so yeah it's like people will take it so that they can like do their work and like think maybe well if I do all my work and I use these drugs to help me like my work will be better and I'll have better grades because of it and like that's often not the case uh in high school is often the first time that most of these people again this is more like people, even like little younger than 14, like uh, like 12 to 20-ish. This is like the first time most of them are experiencing and like being exposed to these substances for the first time. And it's kind of like curiosity killed the cat in a way, where it's like, oh, well, what's, what's that guy Timmy over there doing? Oh, he's smoking crack? I wonder what that is. <laughs> the Patrick meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some weird facts uh is that this one actually kind of surprised me when i read it is that young people ages again like 12 to 20 uh consume up to like 11 percent of all the alcohol that is consumed in the u.s that's a lot like i don't know how much like per gallon like per year is consumed mm -hmm. but 11 percent uh, is quite a bit and like I could I could take a guess it, you know it's obviously like a couple million gallons because it's like people drink like billions of gallons of water and like millions almost billions of gallons of like soda and stuff like that every year so it's like 
I imagine alcohol and soda are kind of up there in like the same area. It's like 11%. That's so fucking much. Um, some more statistics of drug use is that, um, and this is more like now focusing on just like kind of the high school age. So like between ages about 14 to 18, 19, almost 20-ish, uh, is that... Uh, teenage drug and alcohol abuse reveals that 86% of people in this age group know someone that dr- smokes, drinks, or does drugs during during the school day, or just like on a daily basis, which is insane. Like like I said, like in a school like ours, we're like 2,500 or something like that. Uh, 86%. That's like almost like 2,000, like a little over 2,000 of kids who know someone that does. Uh, drink, smoke, or do drugs, and, like, that's fucking insane, and this is, like, drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, and, like, doing drugs, like, weed, uh, meth, coke, X, all this stuff, so we're gonna move into some of the alcohol statistics first, because this is the one that really kind of gets me, because um, it's almost more easy, easily accessible than drugs, in my opinion, because, like, a lot of the kids that I do see, like, drink and stuff is kind of, like it said, like, um, it's, like, exposure to, like, their parents doing it, you know, like, every adult drinks, or, like, that's what, like, some people think, where it's, like, oh, yeah, every adult drinks, and, like, that's just the adult thing to do is drink alcohol, so, like, a lot of parents have it, like, just in their cabinets and stuff, so, like, the kid can just easily access it and try it, and so, um, often, you know, like, that leads to, like, going to parties and stuff where people are just fucked up, and you sit here and you ask, it's, like, yo, how did you get all this fucking alcohol and like some of the like sometimes they'll often answer like oh it was just hiding up in my parents cabinet so I just took it or it's like you know oh like my mom got this for me and it's like your mom fucking bought you a bottle of Jägermeister what the fuck like my mom would like slap the shit out of me if I asked her to like buy me a pack of cigarettes even (laughs) like it just kind of like amazes me in a way like sadly amazes me you know it's, like, how easily accessible it is. Especially, like, fake IDs and stuff. They're not that hard to get. They're, like, a little expensive to get. But, like, in the end, like, the stuff that you can buy with it is, like, nothing compared to, like, how much you have to just pay to get it. Um, so, yeah. So, not surprisingly, um, teen alcohol abuse causes, like, some of the most harm among our age group. Uh, each year it's responsible for about nearly 200,000 ER visits and about 4,300 deaths among kids under the ages of 21, which is, that's such a big fucking number, like, especially for something like how many kids, like, get, uh, sent to the ER and stuff for it, like, I don't know, it just kind of, like, freaks me out, because thinking, like, you know, this is, like, ages 12 to 21, like, my, my middle sister right now, like, my, my sister is 12, so it's, like, I don't know how I'd react if I even, like, saw her, like, drinking alcohol, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, kid, and, like, smack that shit out of her hand, be like, fucking idiot, do you want to fucking die, because that's how you die, and it's, like, listen to your fuckhead, <laughs> pretty much, and it's, like, Go I want Alex Jones on yeah, I want to do, like, the, the scared straight thing, but, you know, like, I also don't want to be, like, a dick about it, but that's crazy. So right here, um, this is talking mostly about, like, high schoolers. So it says 68% of 12th graders have tried alcohol sometime in their life. So that's anyone about age 18, 68% of them. Which, again, it's, like, for a graduating class like us, that's, like, 400. 
mm-hmm. or it's like a little over like 300 something like that um 37.4 percent of 12th graders have drank in the last month alone uh and 23.5 percent of 10th graders drank in the last month so that's 10th graders which is again 15 16 year olds which is like why you know why? 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 Fucking idiot. Why? Um, yeah. And that's like, you know, obviously like that sounds like a small percentage, but like when you like compare that to like, again, like just our graduating class alone in like our school is like 500 something, but you gotta like times that by like every other school that's like here in the state. And that number just constantly grows and grows. And like, that's a lot of people who are out here drinking and stuff. Um, even if it's, like, like one or two times in, like, their life or, like, in the past month. So, among high schoolers within the month uh, that were surveyed, by the way, this is, like, uh, all of these statistics are based on the survey, and it didn't state exactly when the survey was taken. I'd assume it was recently, just because, like, I think something like this should be updated very often, but, like, one of the most recent dates it gave was about 2015, so it's any time between now and 2015 is when this survey was taken, which is kind of recent. So anyway, uh, within the month that they were surveyed, 35% of them have drank alcohol, and this is all high schoolers, so freshmen to seniors. 21% binge have binge drank, which is consuming an excessive amount. 22% have rode in someone's car who had been drinking and was under the influence, and 10% of them have drove after drinking. Uh, and this is also something I want to talk about where it's like, if you're, if you're with friends who are drinking or smoking or whatever, getting high in some way and getting intoxicated, but you're like one of like the sober friends there, especially if it's like two or three of you there and one of them like offers, it's like, Hey, let's go get in the car. You guys, if you know that they're under the influence and they're intoxicated, offer to drive, you know, do the responsible thing and don't let that intoxicated person get behind the wheel because not only will like if they get in like a DUI charge or something will that like ruin their life like a lot but you know you don't want to be like in the car when that person behind the wheel is drunk as fuck and they accidentally swerve off the road and crash into another car and kill like a family of five because it's like not only do they does like the driver have to deal with that everyone else in the car has to like deal with that on their conscience too like well, I was sober, so what if I had just offered to drive? And it's like, oftentimes, it's going to be really hard to convince your friend to let you drive, because, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm fine, bro, I'm totally fucking good to drive, bro, but, like, you know, best case scenario, just try to, like, explain, how, like, what that the responsible decision would be to let you drive, or, you know, like, let the sober friend drive. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, be smart behind the wheel, um, no matter who you are. Like, me personally... You know, I, like, I've tried alcohol, and I've never actually tried drugs, like, in my life. Like, now I think about it, like, weed or anything like that. But, like, I've tried Just alcohol the hard stuff. a few times. Yeah, only cocaine. Over. And heroin. But, but that's not a drug. It's medical. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, and I was, like, one of, like, the first people in my friend group to, like, get a car. So I've kind of always been, like, the go-to driver and stuff. And, like, I was totally okay with, like, you know, driving my friends around if they were going to, like, get high or drunk or whatever. Because it's, like... At least I know if they're going to, like, get in a car, they have, like, someone more responsible and safe behind the wheel so that they can at least, like, I can at least be sure 
for like my conscience that like they'll get to wherever they need to go safely because I got them there and I wasn't intoxicated as well. But it's also like the, with like knowing that they didn't go out and like make a dumb decision, like almost kill themselves or someone else that night. And so it's just like, it's for like peace of mind of everybody, you know, like those families of like some of the people who like I've driven back home and stuff have like thanked me a lot because it's like thank you so much for like doing this and you know making sure they got back safe because like again some families kind of like are cool with it or like support like the kid like drinking and doing drugs which I think is weird but you know that's their family not mine but it's like uh just kind of like the gratification that I get like when when they're like thank you for making sure like my baby got home okay and it's like well you know I'm, I'm doing this for everybody you know for me for them for you and it's like you know, because I know what it's like to, like, not have family around to, like, support you and stuff and to, like, make sure you get home safe, so. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's quite a bunch of big statistics about kids who just drink alcohol. Like, that's just the alcohol that we talked about, and there's still a bunch of other drugs that we gotta go over. So, we'll go over the marijuana, because this is, like, the top two sections that they have on this website. And, it, again, this is, like, the recovery website, where it's, like, recovery is possible for substance abuse and stuff and you know doing a lot of drugs and like if you want to get back on track uh so <clears throat> in terms of illicit drugs teens use marijuana the most so like alcohol is like the most consumed um thing of all time like if that makes sense but like marijuana is like the most consumed drug of all time uh, more high school seniors at this point actually smoke pot more often than they smoke cigarettes. And again, here we go. As of 2015, high school seniors are about as likely to smoke weed as they are to drink, which is kind of funny because like those go hand in hand almost. Like I said, like you go to a party, it's like someone already had like a 40 out or like a keg and stuff, but then it's like you also got someone in like a different room passing around a joint or like they got a pipe or whatever and it's like... So yeah, it's easy to get cross-faded and, like, fucked up and shit like that. Uh, especially in, like, big, you know, environments around, like, school and friends and stuff. And it's, you know, you're at a party and, like, everyone's doing it. And you don't want to think, like, oh, well, I'm a pussy for not doing it. So you do it and then you end up ruining yourself. So here's another statistic is that 10% of, like, A students, so, you know, students that get, like, mostly or, like, straight A's, uh, smoked weed recently compared to 48% of D and F students. So it's like, not necessarily correlation equals causation, uh, where it's like, you know, people who smoke it more often have worse grades, but it's still showing that like, people with lower grades will also often be caught doing stuff like drinking and smoking and stuff. And that's just something that happens, you know? So according to experts, Oh, and this is, like, my favorite part of this, because it just brings up such, like, a big argument among, like, amongst, like, the drug community. Mm. According to experts, about 13% of people who started smoking pot as teenagers become dependent on it. So this is, like, people especially who smoke it regularly. They become dependent on it. And regular marijuana use can cause a drop of IQ up to 8 points. And considering that an estimated 3,300 teens... Uh, try weed for the first time every day it's like undeniably a problem that's impacting everybody so yeah I think that's like a really 
like one of my favorite parts about this thing because you know everyone's always like weed's not addictive man you know I could stop at any time I want it just makes me feel good but it's like well apparently you know according to like researchers and stuff and like professionals you're dependent <laughs> like dependent means addicted necessarily uh you know because I think that's funny you know people are always like oh I'm not addicted it's not an addictive drug and like it's not a gateway drug and like I agree with, kind of with like the it's not a gateway drug but for some people like some people again like they get to a certain high and they just can't feel that high again unless they move to different drugs right like <clears throat> I think um yeah it is pretty funny that whole argument like it's not addictive well it's like well, it is, because you do it every day, and you need it to function, and you're dependent, and, uh, yeah. It's like, like you're out here wasting, like, two-thirds of your paycheck on it. Yeah, what would you waste? Yeah, that's just such a dumb thing, but, um... Like, you could buy so much better stuff with money, <laughs> like cat shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, the whole gateway thing, like, I don't exactly agree it's a gateway. I do, um, believe that it's, like, the most common first choice in like the first drug you'll try mm -hmm. but like I don't I, I think it's a dumb accusation to say that any that people who try weed are definitely gonna do harder drugs in their life like I just don't like believe that's true I think like you know right like just because you do weed doesn't mean you're prone to do harder drugs it's just the, really the individual's choice because some people can smoke weed their whole life and be fine with just weed but then there's other people who do crave that more intense high and, you know, just and, harder drugs. And, like, let's not forget the fact that, like, not only does, like, doing drugs make you do stupid stuff that, you, like, you probably wouldn't do if you were sober, but also, yeah, like, people start to kind of act, like, groggy, almost like coffee. Like, coffee's an addictive drug, like, just flat out, because, like, caffeine and stuff, mm -hmm. like, can't argue me on this. <laughs> I actually, agree. well, like... I drink coffee. I've been drinking coffee since I was like six, cause you know Hispanic family and all that. Mm -hmm. But uh, to a degree, I would say I'm addicted and not like I don't have like crazy withdrawals where I'm like tweaking. But I have noticed that if I haven't had caffeine for a moment, then I do start to get a headache. Right. Like and like I feel the same way about Pepsi. Like obviously, I, you know, I have cases of Pepsi everywhere, and like I like to have like at least one a day. And, like when I don't have one for like a day or so, like I feel kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's an addiction. That's legally an addiction. Yeah, by definition, it's an addiction. And I'm okay with that. Like, I mean, like, I'm not okay with that, obviously, because like it's an. Addiction. I snort my coffee and <laughs> and drink the boiling water. <laughs> and then fuck bitches afterwards. Yeah. More like myself. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like that where like people, you know, it's like don't talk to me unless I've had my coffee. Like people wake up and it's like gotta wake and bake so that I can function for the day. And it's like, do you really need that to like? function you know yeah. and like for some people again like with coffee or for mm -hmm. me like with pepsi like they really do think and feel sometimes like it would be better to just have have it in the system yeah like for me like i've never drank coffee for the whole energy purposes because i've never i've never had like caffeine affect me in a way or gives me bursts of energy same i, I just I, I drink starbucks coffees for like the new flavors and stuff yeah like i just love the taste of coffee and fun. like stuff but like i never but still i like i said i do realize that um, like I don't need it to function properly for the most part like I don't need it to like be a morning person or to like be social I just but I do realize that like my body 
does rely on it now yeah. from how much I have um, consumed it. For that, like, couple month period where, like, you and I would go, like, almost every single day, my body did kind of start getting used to, like, having Starbucks. So, like, when I didn't, like, go, my body was like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> and I'm like, no, bro, not today. And then the thing, too, weird. But, like, I got better. Young people um, and drugs, well, mostly marijuana because I was the main statistic, is a, like, it is a fact that it's drugs and alcohol, <laughs> yeah, especially, well, any drug and alcohol actually would be um, bad to use and abuse well, at any time, but especially during your developmental process. Mm-hmm. Like, that is why, for us, it's um, not legal until 21, and even then, you're still developing until 25. Right. And uh, it's like, fine, if you want to use it a little in moderation, I guess that's okay, depending on what it is. But, uh, right, like, like, if it was weed and you used it in moderation, like, that, I'm like, okay, fine, but, like, but if it's, like, anything else, like, it's just really hard. You can't just inject a little bit of heroin and be fine for a minute, like. <laughs> right, and, like, that's what I've always said to, like, people about anything that they do, you know, whether it's, like, music or drugs or driving, getting tattoos even, you know, it's, like, everything in moderation just because, like, that's, like, supposed to be, like, the way to live. Right. Um, but, yeah. And, uh, the thing, too, is, um. Yeah, just the whole developmental um, process where it just messes up you cognitively. Um, right. Okay, so moving on to like some of the other statistics about like marijuana use. So 35.1% of 12th graders have like admitted to like smoking pot within the past year. 21.3% of 12th graders have smoked pot in the last 30 days. 16.6% of 10th graders have smoked pot in the last 30 days. I think it's kind of weird how it's only showing, like, 12th and 10th graders, but, like, I'm sure this is kind of, like, for, like, a lot of, like, high schoolers, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's, like, different among each grade level, but still. Um, 6% of 12th graders say that they use marijuana every day. So, again, like, for a graduating class like us of, like, 500, that's about, like, 30, almost 40, uh, pers- like, people in our class, which is quite a bit. Um, 81%... 12th graders say that it's easy to get marijuana and I definitely especially agree with this like I said like you know for us since we live in Colorado and stuff like everyone's a pothead like everyone's a fucking dealer nowadays like I could I could probably fucking walk up the street walk to my neighbor's house and ask they have weed and there's like a like 80% chance that they'll say yes I know for a fact my neighbor does smoke weed (laughs) yeah and only 32% of 12th graders feel that regular marijuana use is harmful uh, which is kind of sad that, like, such a small number thinks that because, you know, I'm sure, like, a bunch of, like, the other people who don't think it is are part of, like, the potheads and stuff who are like, oh, yeah, I smoke it every day. It doesn't harm me. But it's, like, think about, like, what it does to, like, your lungs and, like, your brain and, like you said, like, with the developmental process, just, like, everything it does to you. So, yeah. Um, according to one study, 12% or 12th graders who smoke marijuana, especially like marijuana regularly, are 65% more likely to crash their car. And I think that's sober or um, yeah, just in general. Yeah, just like in general. And among 12th graders in the US, one out of 8 drove after smoking marijuana at least some point in the past 2 weeks. And one in 5 have rode with a driver who's been smoking. So again, this goes back to like the whole drive sober, get pulled over kind of thing where it's like why, like, especially if you're, like, getting in the car with someone that you know who's been smoking, especially if you're sober, why would you let them get behind the wheel? Why would you let them make that bad decision? Because 
if they get pulled over, and like the cop will probably be checking everybody's license, piss testing everybody there. And like not only will like the driver probably get like their license revoked and all of this stuff, but like everyone else will also get in trouble. And especially if they find out that you were like the sober one, that could bring repercussions on you for like allow for it's kind of like being an accomplice to the crime, you know? Right. And even if uh, you do have your license, a lot of this occurs mostly among minors anyway. Right. So it's like even then, like on top of all of this. You guys are only, like, 16, or, like... Yeah, and so it's, like, if you get your license revoked, you have to wait till you're, like, 21 to get it back if you get it revoked as a minor, which fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I do way too much shit to, like, have my license taken away. Like, I can't imagine, like, not driving to, like, live my day-to-day life. That would suck. Uh, and you gotta keep in mind, like, again, this might... This study might be, like, a few years old. So these numbers could definitely have increased by then. Yeah, if anything they have, like I haven't, I don't see it decreasing for uh, statistics like these anytime at all, like in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and so like again, that was just marijuana and alcohol in like their own categories. But let's keep in mind that nearly a quarter of all American high schoolers use at least one type of illicit drug. Whether that's like prescription drugs, marijuana, alcohol, coke, X, something else. So here's like a list of like some of the most popular drugs among uh, high schoolers. So it starts with amphetamines, which is like, again, like meth and stuff like that. Um, There's a lot of like painkillers and stuff in here, like opioid and Vicodin and Oxycontin and stuff like that. Um, marijuana and synthetic marijuana, so like kind of vape pens and stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> Adderall, again, like we talked about, like the focus drugs, so like Adderall and Ritalin, um, those are on here. Cough medicine, you know, especially making lean and shit. <laughs> uh, hallucinogens, which is like uh, LSD, shrooms, um, like in- inhalants and stuff like that. Uh, sedatives, so, you know, like, fucking anesthesia. Ecstasy, or MDMA, as it's, like, legally known as. LSD, cocaine, salvia, and just, you know, just a list of, like, all sorts of other dumb drugs where it's, like, why the fuck would you ever take this? Like, Especially when unless you know like, what you're absolu- getting into. Like, unless you absolutely need it, you know? Like, unless you absolutely, like, need... Ritalin to like focus on a day-to-day basis because you have like crippling ADHD like why would you just take that just because like that's such a fucking dumb thing to do um and like I actually found out recently like just kind of like going through like uh like talking to like my family and going through like some medical stuff finding out that like my family has like a history of like a heart condition where it's like doing stuff like cocaine and stuff like that would cause my heart to pop like almost instantly because like we just have like a weird medical condition so it's like even just thinking about doing stuff like that it's like why would I like actively go out and like do cocaine if I know like I have like a high risk of my heart just exploding on the spot like I got a long life ahead of me I'm not trying to fuck that up (laughs) so yeah so apparently uh approximately 2.5 of seniors are caught up in cocaine use and it seems small but you know again this amounts to a million or more teens doing it, doing other types of drugs that could kill them every single day. And so yeah, uh, you know, high school deaths are reported 
every single year for nearly every drug that I just listed off like a minute ago. You know, so it's not just kids who like overdose on weed or get hung over on alcohol, but it's like, yeah, kids who do too much cocaine, too much Ritalin, too much ecstasy, too much, too much of anything. Um, or even doing just a little bit of it, you know, can be too much for some people, like I said. Uh, so yeah. So, like, some of these effects obviously will, like, impair your learning and memory and, like, deplete certain chemicals and, like, your brain, um, and, like, just kind of, like, kill your brain itself, which makes it harder to focus in school, too, makes it harder to produce, like, dopamine and serotonin because these drugs are replacing the dopamine and serotonin in, like, their own way. And again, that's why, like, a lot of kids are like, oh, I think I might be depressed. It's because, um, some of them might have been doing drugs that, like, you know, made them feel good. So now, like, their body doesn't produce enough of these happy chemicals because they don't think that they need it, you know? Um, because they're getting it from outside sources. It also leads these people to being, like, more aggressive and having more destructive behaviors. Especially, it's kind of like the symbiote in Spider-Man. You know, how, like, the symbiote, the whole premise of it is it'll kind of enhance and bring out, like, some of, like, your strongest qualities. So, like, for Spider-Man, it brought out, like, his superhuman strength, but it also made him, like, a huge asshole. It's kind of like that, where it's, like, doing drugs, especially, like, regularly, will bring out some of, like, the qualities, especially qualities that made you do drugs in the first place. So it's, like, if you were, like, aggressive or, like, raised in, like, an abusive household, doing drugs is more likely to bring out those aggressive traits in you. Um, so, yeah. And alcohol abuse does the same thing. It affects your memory problems and lifelong brain issues. Uh, kids who start drinking before the age of 15 are six times more likely to develop alcoholism later in life than individuals who wait to like the legal age to drink, which is really, really sad. And again, a lot of this is not just like the kid deciding to do it, it's like the parents' influence or like just other like influences, like their friends and stuff being like, oh yeah, we drink so you can drink too, kiddo, it's okay, and like, it's cool and everyone else is doing it so you can have fun with us, and it's like, that kid like thinks like, oh, this is a normal thing and it's okay to do, and like, it makes me feel good because it makes them feel good too, and they kind of become dependent on it, and it's just like a really sad thing to see, you know? And it's, like, really hard to, like, kind of get them out of that cycle afterwards because they're just so used to just doing it just because. Even if they don't need it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, again, you don't need alcohol. You never need it for anything, not to have fun, not to anything. Like, there's really no good reason you can give me to drink. You can't even be, like, oh, to celebrate and, like, you know, uh, like party and like celebrate a fun time because you can celebrate and have a fun time without doing drugs and alcohol i do it <laughs> you know yeah this whole uh, this whole premise is like mind-blowing and sad to me like um like a lot of this because um it's just crazy how how many hard drugs are available to people now too like i personally know people in like their teens who like didn't like cocaine every weekend and stuff and it's like dude you're 17 and you do cocaine? That's insane to me. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, just, uh, you know, like how normalized it is, like we keep talking about. 
uh, for whatever drug, especially uh, weed and alcohol, because they're the two most common and like dominant ones among like teens and and uh, people are like, oh, there's nothing wrong with getting drunk every weekend or getting high every day. It's like, well, yeah, it is. It's like that's exactly the problem. Yeah, not only is it a problem, that's your problem. That's why you're so sad. That and right. what um, saddens me too is like I've lost, like not not death wise, but like just uh, out of my life wise, I've lost a lot of people like two substances like um like they'd start and and i'd be like hey you should stop and like they like i know i need to stop and like i'm so depressed now and it's like i know it's because the drugs and then this and that i'd have talks with them and then um i've even had to like give people that ultimatum where it's like look you either have to like get better about this or i'm not going to talk to you anymore and sometimes they get better and sometimes i don't talk to them anymore yeah for me i didn't give them that ultimatum it was like I was like, um, you know, you got to get better or you just won't. And if anything, they left me, like whether it's friends or whatever, like they're just like, oh no, you're good for me. So I'm not going to have you in my life. I'm going to do even more drugs and alcohol and hang out with worse people. Right. And it's like, it's not like the, I won't talk to you anymore. It's more like the, I don't feel comfortable talking to you because of like the person that you are, you know, where it's like, you might be a bad person. And so you only do the drugs and alcohol to make yourself feel like a better person. And that's even worse. Yeah, so I really hate this whole, like, it's okay and, like, people forcing, or not not forcing, but people encouraging people to do it more. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I smoke weed all the time, you should too. It's like, no, I shouldn't, and you it's shouldn't like, too. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, my advice to, like, all the listeners out there and stuff is that, you know, if they have um, friends out there who they think are, like, kind of abusing substances and they're concerned about them, is to, like, you can always put in, like, anonymous calls and stuff, but get help, you know, get them help and, like, let them know, too, that, like, you're concerned about them and that you're there to, like, help them fight through this battle, like, stopping using their drugs and stuff, and um, oftentimes they will really appreciate the help because, like, sometimes people do understand, like, yeah, I have a problem, and this sucks, and, like, I want to get better, and sometimes they don't, and they say, like, fuck you, and don't ever talk to me again, and you just kind of have to live with that, you know, it's just one of those things you can't do nothing about. Yeah, a couple things, like, to come full circle, um, well, and one thing, actually, uh, you kind of brought this up, like, not needing substances to have fun, and it's, like, yeah, that's a big thing, too, like, um, people are, like, why would, you drink in moderation if you're not going to get drunk. And it's like, why would you drink to get drunk is my thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you drink or do anything just to get messed up and feel ter- about it, terrible about it the next day Honestly. and then do it again that same day? Yeah, like I hear people and it's like, bro, I was so fucked up. I was so cross-faded. And it's like, yeah, it's like, okay. I, it's like, it really felt <laughs> so? like I was going to die. I hated myself. Um, uh, it was really scary. I'm just going to do that again tonight. And it's like, wait, so you'd prefer to do that rather than drink? and in moderation and not get like that yeah honestly. and then like you think we're crazy for being able to control ourselves around substances like because um because again i don't think there's anything wrong with drinking as long as it's in moderation right because it's possible and i think it's a lot better than getting all hung over and crazy all the time and, mm-hmm. and then um yeah the things i was talking about like, coming full circles like the whole like getting help thing it's like those people who um right. decided to like leave my life to pursue uh people who were more like them in terms of like abusing substances and it's like uh 
you know. Mm-hmm. Well, like before we like move full circle and like bring it together, I want to talk mm-hmm. about like the crime statistics too. I mean, that's a good one. Because there's like crime statistics about this stuff. Because like I said, like about like people who get like pulled over while on the influence and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like the influence of teen substance abuse is. It, it has, like, such a far-reaching, like, grasp on, like, people's behaviors and stuff. So, 44% of teens, and this is, like, mostly teens who, like, have admitted to, like, using drugs or alcohol in the past, um, have been arrested for burglary attributed to their crime, uh, like, because they've, like, you know, they were breaking into houses to get money to buy their drugs. So, like, that's, that's quite a bit right there. Um, about one one out of every three teens has been arrested for assault attributed to their crime, to being high or drunk. So this kind of ties back to like the symbiote thing, where it's like, mm-hmm. um, when you're like drunk, you might you're more likely to like hit people and like just kind of fight and stuff. And so yeah, you can get arrested for assault because of that. Uh, and these chronic violent offenders are three times more likely to drink regularly and are twice as likely to smoke marijuana regularly than like someone who doesn't, who isn't like a violent offender. So it's like an abusive, you know, kind of like the whole like stereotypical like abusive drunk father thing where it's like if they're like a typical like multiple time offender where it's like they get drunk, they beat someone, they have a hangover the next day and the next night they get drunk and they beat someone again, like they're more likely to be constantly, like, regularly drinking than someone who doesn't, like, beat the shit out of people when they get (laughs) drunk. And 29% of chronic violent offenders also regularly use amphetamines. So, again, that's, like, stimulants that, like, enhance, like, not enhance your senses necessarily, but, like, kind of make you, like, more aware of everything going on. Kind of like meth. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just, like, a lot of these things... Uh, you know, like, drug use and stuff can lead to teens and people doing really dumb stuff that kind of, like, ruins their life. You know, like, they commit crimes and they go and just do, like, really awful things and dumb things that they would know, like, a regular sober sane person would do. And so, yeah, just, like, the amount of teens that, like, get sent to, like, juvie or, like, get written up for, like, being under the influence and stuff just constantly rises every year. So, so yeah, so research shows that substance abuse uh, increases a teen's likelihood of prolonged interaction with the justice system. So, you know, like, repeat abuse will, obviously, you'll be seeing your parole officer a lot more. (laughs) Um, And again, the earlier a child begins abusing drugs or alcohol, the greater their probability of serious or persistent behavior uh, becomes, uh, which kind of like hand in hand leads to the more serious their abuse becomes. So it's like, does drugs becomes more criminal activity, does criminal activity, uses more drugs, you know, like. So here's some more statistics, like according to the recent studies from this website. So four out of every five juvenile offenders are under the influence while committing their crimes, test positive for drugs, admit having substance problems, are arrested for, for committing an alcohol or drug offense, or they exhibit some combination of these characteristics. That's four out of every five, 80% of all juveniles. Not, not just like juveniles arrested for like substance abuse, all juveniles. Had, like 80% of them. That's fucking insane. 
and again, 85% of juvenile offenders admitted to buying drugs, 55% admitted to selling drugs, so like, a lot of that statistic could be like the same person, like they buy and sell. Mm -hmm. Um, 46% of juvenile offenders were under the influence of alcohol at the time of their arrest, so again, that could be like DUI, drunk driving, or just like doing something dumb while you're drunk. You know, and, like, a lot of that's also, like, cops, like, busting house parties and everyone's drinking and stuff, and, you know, why party drunk when you could just, like, be, like, the one sober guy, so, like, when the cop gets to you, you don't get wrapped up in nothing. 67% of juvenile offenders use one or more substances on a daily basis. 72% of these individuals report committing crime between three and seven days each week. So, again, does drugs commits crime, commits crime, does more drugs, and it's like, why the fuck, you know, it's like, this is really one of those topics that just makes me, like, look at it with, like, this dumbfounded look, like, why, like, I don't understand, (laughs) and maybe, again, that's just because I'm not someone who, like, does alcohol or drugs on, like, a regular basis, or ever, for that matter, so I just don't understand, but, yeah, and among, among offender, offenders who were intoxicated on drugs at the time of their arrest, at least 75% of them were under the influence of marijuana. And like 39% were under the influence of other drugs such as amphetamines, coke, X, blah, blah, blah. You heard me say it before. Um, and one of the saddest things about this, though, is that like only a fraction of other teens in uh, juvenile detention receive proper, like, abuse and, like, treatment rehab, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, about 53, like, about half of teens that are in these, uh, in the system are in facilities that don't provide mental health evaluations and, like, you know, mental health to these people. So it's, like, people are getting arrested for doing drugs, and then they're also not even receiving help after getting arrested for it. They're just kind of being forced to serve their time and like once they're back out in the real world they're probably going right back to the habits that they were doing that got them put in there in the first place which is like really sad you know so it's like I think in my opinion like a criminal system should be uh kind of like a like a rehabilitation center where it's like you get arrested for something you did a you did an oopsie you go to this place and yeah like it sucks and it's jail it's jail for a reason but it should it shouldn't be jail you know like just jail like oh i'm got i gotta do my time now because i fucking killed a guy like it should also be like a rehab center where it's like yeah you're being punished for doing this but let's try to make you better anyway and like help you out because you know like i think on one hand that would show everyone like the media and like society as a whole that like the criminal system isn't as bad as it is you know like it could like, it can be better if it was doing, like, what I'm saying. But also, yeah, like, it just... It would also kind of, like, encourage society, in my opinion, to, like, not do um, those activities in the first place. Because it's like, yeah, I might do it, and I might get fixed, but it's like, why would I do it just to get fixed if I could just not do it in the first place? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why, <laughs> in my personal opinion, I think we should bring back public executions. So, yeah. Um, and just stuff like that, where it's, like, teens need to, I think they should receive help for this, so that they don't end up getting long-term, like, legal issues, like, problems getting employed, 
uh, you know, eligibility for housing and loans and stuff. They can't join the military with that kind of record. You know, again, like they could lose their driving license. Um, they have trouble getting into schools for like college or even like readmitting into high school and stuff. And just there's just so much stuff that causes people to do the dumb things that they do that I really wish didn't happen. But that's just how it is. So there's just so much less to worry about too when you do drugs. Like you don't have to worry about money because you're not spending it on blowing it on any kind of substance and you know just people backstabbing you for your drugs and just a whole bunch of stuff. There's like no drugs, no worries, you know. Right. Well, we're kind of running out of time, but yeah. I just want to wrap this up with again like if you are a concerned citizen about your friend. Uh, get help, you know, go to like this website, I mentioned it at the beginning, it's like therecoverytree.org or something like that. Um, and like, you know, obviously there's like hotlines and help stuff everywhere. Or therecoveryvillage.com, there it is. Um, and you know, like, again, drive sober, get pulled over. Uh, you get pulled over for being sober. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just, you know, like... I let's let's try to battle this together. Um, let's try to get drugs and alcohol out of our society so we can have a better society as a whole. We live in a society, but oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah. So real quick, if you're um if you're someone who's struggling with anything, substance abuse or just depression or whatever, uh, get help. Don't be that person who you know complains about not having anyone because you do have someone. And if you're someone, and, and also be there for someone because. Like, don't push someone away because they're doing drugs or something, because that's when they need you most, you know? Right. And, uh, obviously our social medias will be in the description of this episode, so you can also reach out to us, you know, and, like, talk to us about it. We'll provide you with more statistics and help and stuff, and, you know, we'll be there for you. Right. Uh, yeah. Real quick about that. Um, yeah, hit us up on our socials for, uh, topic ideas, maybe feedback on what we could do better, um, or maybe how you feel about our topic. All right, and with that uh, being said, this is Real Facts, Bro Facts. I'm Brandon. I'm Isaac. Stay true.